I feel extremely honoured to have been given this wonderful clip of a old man in 1584 flicking through one of his favourite novels. Just beautiful, isn't it? And I think it makes you realise how similar we were to the fine folk back in the 1500s. Food for thought. Hello, and welcome back to the final couplet with me, Theo Cowan. I've missed you. <laughs> Last week, we looked at Sonnet 11, a classic, a Shakespeare classic. And this week, can you guess which sonnet we're going to look at? Correct, it's Sonnet 12 because that is how numerical ordering works. Without further ado, let's dive in and see what Shakespeare was up to in this sonnet. Sonnet 12 When I do count the clock that tells the time, and see the brave day sunk in hideous night, when I behold the violet past prime, and sable curls all silvered o'er with white, when lofty trees I see barren of leaves, which erst from heat did canopy the herd, and summer's green all girded up in sheaves, borne on the bier with white and bristly beard, then of thy beauty do I question make, that thou among the wastes of time must go, since sweets and beauties do themselves forsake, and die as fast as they see others grow. And nothing gainst time's scythe can make defence, save breed to brave him when he takes thee hence. Well, we're back in the land of nature. It's good to have it back. I mean, last week, I think, had Mother Nature, which is different to Nature Nature in my head. Mother Nature is, is, is more of a, a person, naturally, in Shakespeare's mind, a, a pretty horrible person. Um, but this is nature, nature, you know, trees and leaves and, and stuff like that, which I like. And I like when Shakespeare compares nature to age and and having kids. And let's be honest, it is about getting old and having kids, this one again, isn't it? Um, so let's get into the nitty gritty, shall we? Let's let's work out what what this all means. So we start with, when I do count the clock that tells the time, and see brave days sunk in hideous night. Pretty self-explanatory, this one. So that's, you know, when I, when I look at the clock and notice that it tells the time, pretty uh, obvious, Shakespeare. It doesn't, shows that he sort of doesn't really think much of his audience, does he, if he has to explain what a clock does. Anyway, um... And see the brave day sunk in hideous night. So that's see the, you know, lovely day sink into horrible night. Interesting that he thinks night is horrible. Some some people find night majestic, but not Shakespeare, apparently. Day's nice, night's horrible, and that's that. When I behold the violet past prime, and sable curls all silvered o'er with white... Again, that's, you know, a violet, the flower, when I see it sort of wilt, um, pathetic. Uh, 
Um, and when lovely curls of hair, sable curls, like, you know, lovely sable curls turn white with age, probably, or stress. When lofty trees I see barren of leaves, which erst from heat did canopy the herd. So that is, you know, trees that used to have a canopy of leaves to to shelter a, a herd of sheep, I suppose. Or what else herd do you get? Herd of sheep. Classic, isn't it? A herd of sheep from the sun. Uh, now doesn't have any leaves, so it can't do that. So the, the herds are getting all hot and sweaty in their in their big woolly fleeces. And summer's green, all girded up in sheaves, borne on the byre with white and bristly beard. So that's you know summer's green. I think is the crops when they're all when they're all bundled up, and then born on the born on the byre. That isn't that so buyer sort of is that a coffin? So born on so when all these lovely summer greens are in in their coffin, white and bristly beard. That's that's sort of relating it to that's sort of making it quite human, isn't it? So so these summers summer greens. Maybe it's this. Maybe these summer greens are being taken off, much like an old man is 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 taken off in his coffin. That's a that's a thought, isn't it? I quite like that. I'm I'm going to stick with that. That's my final answer. Then of thy beauty do I question make that thou among the wastes of time must go, since sweets and beauties do themselves forsake and die as fast as they see others grow. So now he's bringing it back to poor old John, and he's saying. You know, that I actually have doubts about the fate of your beauty, actually. Um, because you will also, time will pass and you will actually get ugly and horrible and die. Just like all the things I've mentioned before. Because, you know, sweet and beautiful things like yourself, um, they also, they die. All right. And they die as as quickly as they see other things grow, i.e. kids, babies. And now we hit the final couplet. And nothing gainst time's scythe can make defence, save breed to brave him when he takes thee hence. So you can't beat time. Time is, it's got its scythe and it's going to cut you down unless actually there is one way uh, and that's to have a kid so that's the only way you can defy time before time gets to scythe and chops your head off it's a nice comforting thought to have at the end of the sonnet so more of the same in this one um but I, I quite liked reading this. I feel like it's got a nice flow to it. And I I actually think it's probably one of the more accessible sonnets that we've read so far. It is relatively self-explanatory. So if I said, 
you know, if someone came to me and said, Theo, um, what sonnet should I read of Shakespeare's famous sonnets? And I would say, hmm, I've only read 12, but I would say the 12th one is pretty accessible for someone as dumb as you, because I just assume that they'd be stupid if they didn't know what Shakespeare was meaning at any time, you know? So it's got a nice feel to it. Obviously a pretty horrible uh, story, as usual. Pretty horrible meaning, but some nice uh, uh, imagery. Now, let's put this to our story, shall we? If you remember last week, Shakespeare and Ben Jonson had visited John at the shipping yard where he worked. Let's see what happens this week. Shakespeare finishes reading Sonnet 11 to John. John looks at Shakespeare and says, Bill, when are you going to learn? I don't care about your sonnets. They don't work on me. You're a great writer. Why are you wasting your time on these? And Bill says, Because I want you to have a kid, obviously. And John says, I don't have time for this. I've got a ship to build. And turns his back on William Shakespeare. Ben Johnson is hanging around in the background and he says, Bill, I, I, I think we should go. I don't think it landed how you wanted it to. And the two of them trudge off down the cobbled streets of London. Ben says, Bill, have you thought about just packing it in and writing another play? And... Bill says, no, I can't pack it in. I believe in myself and I'm going to prove it. Ben Johnson says, all right then, I'm going to go and write a play though, I think. If that's all right, can I do that? Is that all right? And Bill says, yeah, go on. Just make sure it's not as good as mine, all right? And Ben says, Okay, Shakespeare. Okay. And he wanders off. Bill is left thinking about his sonnets. Suddenly, he has an idea. And he runs along the bank of the Thames to his favourite pub, the Nag's Head. He bursts in through the door. Everyone looks at him. Bill, where have you been? One cries. And he says, I've been writing, of course. I'm a writer. And they say, all right. I was just asking. And he says, who in here doesn't have a kid? Everyone remains silent. And he says, come on. Which one of you doesn't have a kid? And a little man in the corner of the pub slowly raises his hand 
And Bill says, good, you, come here. And the man gets up and walks across to him. And Shakespeare says, what's your name? And he says, "Uh, Gilbert, sir. And he says, well, Gilbert, I'm going to read you a sonnet. A sonnet that I have written very recently. And Gilbert says, oh, all right. Why does it matter if I have a kid or not? And Shakespeare says, all will become apparent soon. And Gilbert sits down on a little bar stool while Shakespeare orders five pints of mead and downs them one after the other just to get him in the mood. He then wanders back over to Gilbert and says, Are you ready? And Gilbert nods slowly. The rest of the pub is silent in anticipation. Shakespeare retrieves Sonnet 12 from his back pocket and reads Sonnet 12. When I notice the passing of time on a clock and see the lovely day sink into horrible night, when I see wilted violets and black hair turn to grey, when I see tall trees that used to give shade to herds lose all their leaves and summer crops hauled away like an old man in a coffin, then I worry about what will happen to your beauty. Because time will go to town on you as well. Hot people like you don't always stay hot. They die as fast as they see others grow. You can't defend yourself against time's destruction. Unless, perhaps, you have a kid to defeat time when he takes you. Wow. Lots of questions about this one. Why is Shakespeare reading this sonnet to poor Gilbert and not John? What's he doing? Well, join me next week to find out. Bye.